Because I Was a Bad Wife, a raw and compelling podcast which examines the life of one woman as she juggles her career with the demands of motherhood while seeking a beautiful life of her own. I'll share the truth of a broken relationship and how I've overcome heartbreak. I'm encouraging you to embrace every part of womanhood so you can find your very own beautiful chaos. So these chapters in the She Manual are all about my dirtbag dates and the toxic relationships after becoming a single mum. This chapter describes the men into categories of their jobs, as opposed to, you know, describing them as the people that they are. So these are about the deal makers, the two steps forward, one trip back, you know, those exes that you go back to for a second round, and of course, the tradies. So we're talking about the online dates, do's and don'ts, and also those parts of those profile pics that, you know, we get to see very often on those online dating websites. But also today I'm super excited to invite with us here on the She Manual podcast is today we have Claire Bolton, the Director of Marketing, Tourism and Promotions, who is also a single professional mama. Oh, and this one, she's the expert in the field of online dating. So Claire, say hi. Hello. What I wanted to ask Claire and why we've got Claire here with us today is because She also has had the struggles of being a single mum and understands all the details about what comes with that part of being a single mum, coming out of a marriage um, and having a child with you, working around all those brand new aspects of fitting things into your life that you didn't realise that you had to fit into your life. So I want to talk with Claire today also about the challenges of being a single mum, juggling that reality. And um, Claire's also going to, let's talk about that straight away, Claire. Well, I don't know if I would add the qualification of uh, online dating expert to my resume, but I've (laughs) definitely had my experience in the world of online dating. Um, At first, you know, I would say it's absolutely exhilarating. And from my personal experience, after 17 years in a relationship with the same man, it was so refreshing to have all these gorgeous men just to swipe away. I started, which is actually every time I tell this story makes people laugh, I had a dating app sign-up party. So I had all my girlfriends over to my house, um, lots of champagne flowing and later. I did not know this. Oh, really? No. And why was I not invited to this? <laughs> you good point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I go back onto the online, world of dating which I'm very reluctant to do now um we'll get you get you no 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 no. I'm good I'm good (laughs) um but yes it gave us the Dutch courage after a few champagnes and so we signed me up and we started you know doing the profile and swiping away um there was so many hilarious moments throughout it you know from there was one time I remember I was out with my girlfriends um, having dinner and drinks and they took my phone without me realising and as a joke started swiping right on every single guy, no matter who it was. They would just swipe, swipe, swipe and I didn't realise and then I came back to the table and um, it wasn't until the next morning that I woke up and saw all these hundreds of messages from all these men and it was, they thought it was an absolute practical joke but I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is not good. <laughs> um, and then also seeing 
so many men on there that my girlfriends have actually already dated. So they were just recycled men. So that was always a funny story to tell at our social gatherings. Um, that was all very much very early on in my dating or my single life. And I happily have given away the online dating world, um, as amusing as it was to tell the stories to all my friends. So now it's really about, you know, the chance meeting and there's one example where I'll give you, um, and I won't use real names. <laughs> so I named him Bear Grylls. And the reason being. <laughs> the Adventure Man. The Adventure okay. Man. Oh, I need to get the picture of that in my in my head right now. Um, well, the reason being is anyone who knows me knows I love my boating and I'm always out boating. And um, I was at the beach one day with the boat and I was there with my mom and a few of my girlfriends. Um, and we're just, you know, doing as we do, sipping champagne. And I went to take the boat out to move it further out and anchor it out and all of a sudden this you know gorgeous rugged man appeared from the bush like bear grills and came up to me and said oh do you need a hand with the anchor or do you need a hand <laughs> and obviously like I've been around boats since I was four as if you would ask for help <laughs> so and unbeknownst to me um I later found out that mom and my girlfriends had said to him oh she really needs help I think you need to go out there and rescue her and you know um apparently oh. I Ego dent. Ego dent. <laughs> Apparently I was a damsel in distress, so I played along with it. But it was, um, yeah, it was very amusing. And so those sort of chance meetings and, you know, how I meet them these days and then also the classic setup. So, you know, the friend message going, oh, I've got the perfect guy for you. Um, and I've had a classic couple of those as well. One, which was really funny, which I can name the geriatric because he was about twice my age. <laughs> And my dad was younger, so needless to say, that was a really super short date and there wasn't a second one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. We have to go through all those experiences. Let's just retrace a little bit around, I suppose, how both Claire and I ended up in the situation that we're in. So as you know, um, I've been divorced now for approximately three years um, and we've all heard the whole stories of because I was a bad wife, so we don't need to go back to that one. And you've heard that also in the previous podcast. But so the She Manual is really about how we got to where we are right now, being this single mum, understanding how we feel, what emotional what emotional things happened to us, like what previous things happened in our grow, growing up that have got us to where we are. And I think the biggest mis misunderstanding um, begins that and where we are currently is that we're not desperate to have a person by our side or settle for an unavailable non-communicator. So I suppose the main part of the She Manual is how we became single mamas and why we're quite happy being single mums. It's not a problem to be a single mum and I think the problem that we see very much in society is that single mums are seen as weak women, are seen as broken women, are seen as, oh, we mustn't, we mustn't be with someone anymore because we're crazy. And I think that really needs to change because it's not the case. Yeah. The case very much is the fact that we're not desperate to have a person by our side. Mm. We're, um, we're not going to settle for an unavailable non-communicator anymore because we are strong, professional, smart, independent women. And I think that's the main point of the She Manual and, and definitely why I wrote it the way I wrote it. Definitely. And I also noted from my previous upbringing is that um, 
I want my children to be able to speak openly about relationships because they're living in a brand new world. You know, we were we were brought up in a very traditional, I suppose, originally type of growing relationship and now it's changed so swiftly with the way that women think about other women and the w- way that women are per- perceived in society now. And um, I think that's the main point in being a single mum, we need to take away that thought process that there's something wrong with us. What do you think about that? This podcast is sponsored by Police Studios. Everyone has an idea for a podcast, and now you can make that dream a reality. Go to polystudios.com.au for more information. Yeah, definitely. There's a misconception, I think, that because we, you know, it's the classic thing of they come with baggage when really it's not. It's I like to think of it as learnings um, and growth. And to be honest, and you would be the same, Bill, who we are now is not who we were 10 years ago. Mm. You know, what we've been through has made us significantly stronger um, mentally with you physically, definitely. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's all those learnings and self-awareness that have made you realise what you do want and what you don't want and most importantly what you're worthy of. Mm. And, and we'll just go back to the reason why and a lot of people talk to me about the fact that um, I wanted to be, personally I wanted to be physically strong because if ever the case was that I needed to pick my kids up, so for example, my kids were in grade seven and year four when it all changed very, very swiftly. Um, I needed to be the one who was strong enough in any case, if anything ever happened, I could pick them up and carry them to anywhere I needed to. And I don't know what that was about myself at that time, but I wanted that physicality of strength, but I wanted the mental strength, which was which is very hard to have because you have glimmers of mental strength, don't you? Some days mm. you are on top of the world, you're feeling strong, independent, you're driven, you're ready to go. And then other days you're thinking, what's wrong with me? Yeah. I, I can't do this. It's unfair. I can't, I can't. And you get into that very big mindset of telling yourself that you can't and it's unfair over and over again. Yeah, definitely. Um, now having that balance of the mental strength and the physical strength is absolutely true because as full-time mums, any of your full-time you know, mum listeners would agree, it is a non-stop job from morning to night. After the kids are in bed, you still go like it is absolutely exhausting both mentally and physically so being fit um in both capacities is so important for you to keep going Mm. because there's more to being a single mum that many people I suppose don't understand is the fact that everything then comes on your shoulders you don't have a half half person to pay for things anymore exactly there is one wage coming in there is one person doing the inside of the house the outside of the house there is one person paying all of the bills there is one person preparing the food cleaning up you yeah. know and it's only to a certain time and i've noticed it now with teenagers that they can actually help me around the house but it is all on you and not only that you're also carrying that emotional baggage of the pain and the hurt and possibly watching that ex-partner move on with somebody else and they're suddenly sharing what it is with them. And I know for my case, um, there was a total close-off with the ex-partner where they don't think that they have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's a very difficult um, headspace to come through. Yep. And so I think that we really need to change the voice of a single mum and and this is what the She Manual definitely is trying to help women with is you should feel totally empowered that you are doing you this. You can do it. You are doing this by yourself. Mm. You don't need anybody else and we need to change the the view of single mums. No, not poor single mum. Epic. Keep going. Have that strength. You see a single mum in the shopping centre don't look down at them, look up at them and think, you know, pretty much you are phenomenal that you can do this. Yeah. And that's the question I actually get asked all the time is how do you do it? How do you have such an intense career, you know, run a household, um, have a kid full time? Like how do you do it? And you just do. Like my answer is you just do. Well, you've got no, you've got no choice. There mm. is no fallback. There's no one that's going to save you. I think one of the biggest things is as a female, we have this thought, and it comes back to goddamn Cinderella, <laughs> is the fact that some prince is going to come in and save your pretty ass and fix everything up for you, and it is not ever going to happen. You are responsible. Yes, you've had these children with another person, but generally it's it becomes your whole thing, and, and you grew those babies and you're going to have to continue looking after them. And as soon as you bite that reality of the fact that this is what my life is and how can I make this great for all of us together, the sooner that you can move forward, otherwise you will be stuck on that merry-go-round of it's unfair. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked now the challenges of that single mum life and the juggling of the reality. I suppose we go into now as we come through that and we find our personal strengths, we we look at sort of what we are truly attracted to as a female and, and coming through a single mum life and, and, you know, working with all those challenges and the baggage that Claire was talking about is what now are we attracted to in the male species and <laughs> and what do we actually want? Because we essentially have it already within ourselves. We come to a point in our life where we're like, well, do we really need anybody? Because how are they going to make life any better? You can't depend on them because you're the one with the baggage. Mm. It sort of comes back to questioning yourself about what you're attracted to. And I used to question myself all the time, was I attracted to a certain type or just was I built to endure this type of life? Am I going to be single forever? And you definitely say that over and over again. I know Claire and I say it to each other in messages all the time. That's it. I'm over it. I'm off the men train. I think I said that to you yesterday. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go into that. Um, You know, and then we question ourselves, were my mechanics damaged? You know, we're when we were growing up, we were, were we so deeply tainted in seeing our parents or seeing the traditional, the traditional way that people um, came together in relationships? But more importantly, what happened? You know, what happens to us after the deep emotional pain that we go through in being hurt by our, by the one that we committed to in a marriage? Mm, yeah. So and the dissolution of that marriage, because you don't go into it thinking it's going to end. No. We, again, it comes back to that Cinderella point of view where we think it's going to be perfect Happily forever. Ever after. Happily ever after. Yep. And and through whatever happens in it, it's not. Mm. And and it's happening more and more often with mm. women. It, I, you know, we come across our friends so often. And I know one of the one of the points as being a school teacher, I see it pretty much every time that the kids get to year four, year four. 
So it's like the parents have been together for 10 years and they get itchy feet. Year four. Yeah. And you, I find more divorce, more separation in year four kids and you can just see the emotional damage start then. And um, it's really sad. Why is it happening at that time? Have we lost our level of commitment as a society? Um, or is it that we're coming into relationships now with such damage um, from previous situations? I know personally within my, within my life I've definitely um, grown up and learnt many incorrect ways of how women should have been treated. Um, particularly, you know, the way that my mum was treated was appalling um, and yet daily I watched it um, and my mum was submissed submissive and and um to my my dad's unruly tone and very unfair and very sexist in the way that I watched my parents interact with one another mm. and I was very differently treated to, compared to my two brothers being a girl mm. um you know and 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 speaking with um counselors and psychologists particularly after uh, my divorce and and with the kids um you know, we came through some of these experiences. Do you have anything like that? Um, look, I'm probably in this, in all scenarios with you, I mean, we joke that we're like sisters from another mother because we're, you know, so similar in so many ways. But on this topic, I've had the real benefit of having the flip side of the situation. And I yeah. grew up with two absolutely incredible humans as parents who are still happily married today. And what I witnessed was a beautiful partnership and it was that, it was a partnership um, and they were equals, you know, it, they were a team and that's what I've never actually had and that's what I've longed for. Yeah. Um, and I honestly think that is the key to a successful relationship is that being team, being equal on all levels, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, um, and I've always said to, you know, other girlfriends and probably to you, Belle, that women are not rehab centres for men. It's not our job to fix them or parent them or raise them. And I learned that the hard way, definitely, a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think all of these, and that's one point that you made a moment ago was the fact that everything that we've gone through in life has been a learning to bring us forward, to bring us forward. And it is very much about stepping forward constantly in our life, taking that, you know, waking up, watching the sunrise and moving forward. Yeah. Don't bring that past day with you into the next day because it's not that's not where you're going. You're going forward. And we tend to bring back our past constantly. Mm. It's hard. It's, it's definitely hard to um, leave those scars in the past and move forward, but you absolutely have to. Yeah, yeah. And we know that expert trauma counsellors, they, you know, they state that our childhood experiences and comments affect us immensely. And, you know, I understand um, and I definitely have, have found that my past experiences have very much hit me in the 40s. Like previously I didn't really think about things that had happened in my childhood until now and they say that often and I know that a lot of a lot of women out there would be nodding their heads right now in the car going, yeah, 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 especially past mm. your 40s. I don't know what it was but there was very much glimmers of things that come up in you. Well, I turn 40 in a few weeks, so I'm very much looking forward to those yes, yes, moments <laughs> of, you know, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. 
So I suppose we sort of go back to um, the women, the traditional woman. I just wanted to talk about that and what we understand as coming through because for us now, the, the modern development in women and understanding our rights has come a really long way. But there's many of us and, and the children of the 70s and 80s, Claire being the 80s, the lucky thing. <laughs> I mean, this just <laughs> mid-century 77 girl, you know. <laughs> but to be fair, we both act or behave like we're early 20s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but that's what they say, don't they? <laughs> so we've definitely developed a mindset, a bit of confusion, and, and I'm pretty sure many of you would also feel that we're very much stuck in between the modern woman and the traditional woman because we've grown up watching our mothers go through those types of situations where they had to pretty much nod and, and do what the husband said because, you know, they may not have been earning, you know, they may not have been working and now we've got that very blend of that. One thing I really want to just quickly touch on, and I think it's a real, a really important fact right now and very current in the world, is the way that women are treated in, uh, like, by men. Um, and this is certainly not a men, a men hating at all. It's just finding that equal, um, that equal balance that we'd, we're really searching for right now. But um, one particular thing that I want to talk about is. Um, if you see your mate having a go at a woman or you see a man in, in, in your life or you see a boy making a poor choice, we really need to start making it very easy to say, no, that's not okay. Um, and I would definitely see it daily at at school, um, being a teacher, I see the way that, you know, you can very much see the way that boys have been brought up in various different homes with grandparents, et cetera. So there is a very a big change happening within the world, within young men at the moment. Um, but it is very much a thing where this man code of where men very much say it's none of my business to talk about how you've treated that girl or how you've treated that young woman or how you've treated your mum. You know, it very much begins with respect. And it's respect of women respecting one another because it's all within ourselves. So what do you think, Claire, are the main challenges that you face? As a single mom and the juggling and the reality, honestly, it, dating can be a full-time job. My time and energy are precious commodities like most single moms. Um, and for me, I'm at the point where, you know, quality time with family and friends and my beautiful son is priority. I've got such an insanely busy life that trying to squeeze in dating is almost impossible. I actually have one guy that I had a date with who went completely MIA because he didn't like the fact that I was time poor and I couldn't fit him in. Oh, yes. Mm. The needy ones. The needy ones. Oh, the one. one who wants another mum. <laughs> oh, good. He needs mum because one mum's doing the washing for him and then he wanted you to do everything else for him. <laughs> well, I basically made the assumption of um, – if you can't understand my world, it's never going to work pretty much because I am time poor and that's a reality. Mm. Um, but dating, oh, my God, it's the prep work. Like it's honestly like building a foundation for a house. You need to, you know, do your tan and your nails and your hair and makeup and suck this in and push this up. It's honestly like that scene from Bridget Jones' movie with, a, you know, Spanx. It's so much work involved in dating and there's, point, there's times where I'm like, oh, I just really can't be bothered. I'd rather just sit at home with a face mask on and my red wine <laughs> and watch Netflix, um, you know, not to mention arranging babysitting 
babysitting and all that as well. But it's also the fact that people also, so you feel like you have this expectation that you have to be going on dates or that you have to be with a man. Yeah. And and everybody always asks you, oh, so what are you doing this weekend? Well, what's it matter? And then if you do stay at home and actually look after yourself or, you know, oh, okay, so you're looking after yourself. <laughs> you know, and there's this total assumption that you're sitting at home constantly masturbating also. And so that, and it's such, but it is, it's constant, the, the constant fact, as soon as you hit 40 or, as, you know, in that in that dating realm or you're a single woman or you're a single mum, you know, oh, what are you doing with the kids this weekend? It's exactly, it is very much that. There's yeah. such a, the amount of detail that people don't understand and the expectation of what you should be doing and what they want you to be doing. What about mum? You know, how does, how does um, I, I suppose, also the expectation of when you're going to find somebody else. Have you had that conversation? Oh, yeah. Everyone's always asking if I'm dating and, you know, if I'm going to settle down again or if I want to get married again and, um, yeah, and they can't understand why I haven't been snapped up or, uh, yeah, I get those which ones are, all the time. Which are hurtful comments. I know. They? Because, <laughs> because you thought that you had it all together, you had your Cinderella life, you had your happily ever after and then it was taken away or, or given away, let's say that, given away. And so then the expectation across everyone, I suppose it's just like when you first get married and people say to you, oh, when are you having a baby? baby. When are you having a next baby? You know, mm. we really need to stop saying that to people expecting, you know, coming across in that way, like giving them your, you know, what your point of view is or your traditionalist thought. It's not traditional anymore. No. It's a modern world, people. Move on. It's very different now. It is. It's not the, you know, um, cookie cutter life of, you know a dog a husband two kids a nice house with a picket fence like pick and choose what you want to do with your life and I've said this to girlfriends who have been borderline on having kids like if it doesn't work for you just don't do it it's that simple do what works for you um but I shouldn't be all negative about the dating it is there is many many good points about it and I've had lots of fun you know along the way as well and you know I get to experience a lot of new restaurants (laughs) which I never had before (laughs) oh my Oh, that's what I wanted to ask Claire. Does she go 50-50 on the bill or does she expect – now there are some serious dating rules out there because – I know. Because – and I know personally with mine I'm very much a – I will always go 50 – I, I will not let anybody, I'll go 50-50 every single time. Really? Not even on the, like the first date, you won't let him pay? No way. Really? No, nah, no way. Oh. I am so, I am very, like very strong will. Like I believe if you're going to come that. in, you will come in a 50-50 in all ways. Do you know what I mean? And plus, I think if we're moving into that non-traditionalist and we, and I think that's the confusion right now also with women is we've come from a traditional traditional thought of the man looks after the woman yeah but then we want the same things of a modern woman in the world but then we're not willing to move that whole way over we just want the little speckles of it do you know what I mean yeah and we need to really make a firm decision on because I think also men would be so confused with us Mm. because we're like oh no but we want you to pay for we want you to pay for dinner for all of that but then they have those expectations of what they need from us so we really need to be firm and that's where that whole communication comes in Mm. and that's where we all need to be openly speaking about what our needs and wants are and and women need to be strong enough to be able to communicate that from the get-go now 
Yeah. I have to say I'm definitely probably a little bit of both. I'm very much strong like you, but I also love the chivalry and the gentleman aspect. So I do think on a first day, and this is just my personal opinion, that the man should pay 100%. And I've had so many dates where I've had to pay, which blows my mind. But, um, yeah, I think the first date definitely the man should plan, um, take the lead, book it all um, and pay. And then second date and dates afterwards, you know, whatever works for you Mm. well I think also and and the the chase like Mm. women now are very much going ahead on the chase and this is where we're going to talk about the dating of our dirtbags and we're going to go into these chapters of what we've done in the dating because I was a bad wife a podcast by Belinda Norton 